Hey everyone, welcome to Caring Together Northumberland, a series of podcasts giving you a chance to listen to what's happening across Northumberland to transform health and care. Hello and welcome to this very first podcast for Northumberland System Transformation Board. My name is Kim Blewoff and I am joined here today with Dr. Robin Hudson, who is Medical Director for Northumberland Clinical Commissioning Group. But many of you will know him if you live in Pontyland as he is a GP there. So welcome, Robin. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you for the invitation. So today we're going to be doing a little bit of jargon busting, aren't we? Because in the NHS we do love our buzzwords. So today we're going to talk about population health management. So Robin, what is that? What does it mean for people in Northumberland? Uh, Well, Kimberly, the population health in essence is broadly speaking the state of health of our population. Uh, Not just the entire population, but actually the communities that live within it. Um, So it's almost like a temperature check of how the population is doing um, from a health point of view, but also from a uh, how they how they are living their lives and how that impacts upon their health. We've got to recognise that, that there is a lot of evidence that would support uh, the fact that lifestyle and the environment in which we live has a, a big impact upon our population and upon, upon their health. And in order to address those issues, uh, it goes way beyond what healthcare and social care can do. It's got to involve our communities and the voluntary agencies within those communities. Now, that, they're like the glue in our communities, um, and we need them and must rely on them to help uh, fill in the gaps that healthcare and social care can't provide. So would you say it's population health management is almost strengthening the glue between healthcare? That? Yeah, so I think the population health management is really the way we do it. It's like the method. Right. And so there is a science behind it that helps us think through the different components that would help us bring together and the buzzword would be integration. So how do we continue on this integration journey, uh, opening up the dialogue, working together between health and social care, but very importantly also involving our communities. Um, and. One way of describing it is trying to lift our community aspiration. So our local communities need to aspire to the fact that they can have a big impact upon the health of their communities uh, by looking at the way they organise services, the way they think about people's lives. It isn't just about a prescription pad. It's also about housing. It's about jobs and security. It's about financial issues. Um, a whole, it's about green spaces. You know, mm-hmm. there are a whole number of factors which there is evidence to say that they will affect people in a way that could actually have a, de- have a detriment to their health. So it's not necessarily just sort of throwing medication at, at the problem. It's looking at the source of the problem and find find out okay what's causing this. Yeah, so I guess I can answer that in a couple of ways, Kimberly. Number one is, so there is good evidence that poor housing can have a, a large impact on health. Okay, so not, and I think we all would, all would all get that, wouldn't we? You know, a damp house or a cold house will have an impact on someone if they've got a, a chronic lung problem. Um, 
And so as a GP, I can throw uh, a pres- do a prescription for inhalers to someone. But if, if the house is cold and damp or the individuals in the house are smoking, then really those issues, are th- those issues have to be addressed and uh, identified and, and sort of nailed down and su- support needs to be provided. Now, there are ways of doing that. So already in Northumberland, we have a new breed of professional called social prescribers. So, so we, we, I keep talking about my prescription pad as a GP, but these social prescribers have their own prescription pads and th- those pads can be used for directing individuals to housing services, to debt, maybe debt management, debt advice services, um, to other charities which can then support families um, as they try and sort of navigate this tricky thing called life which can be difficult at times. Especially over the past year, I think you'll agree. So how big has the impact of COVID been on Northumberland in particular, would you say? Well, I would say that, I mean, in Northumberland, I mean, the impact of COVID obviously has been devastating, like many parts of of the UK. Even before COVID struck, um, Sir Michael Marmot did a review, a 10-year review, and unfortunately, the northeast of England did not come out favourably. And this is before the pandemic. So they identified issues around uh, life expectancy was stalled. So for the last few decades, we've seen life expectancy gradually increasing, people living longer, healthier lives. But over the last decade, those improvements seem to have stalled and in Mm -hmm. some cases have reversed. Um, And there were just quite stark uh, statistics that came out from his report, including statistics like a third of people are one paycheck away from homelessness. Uh, In the North, people are 39% more likely to have their job to lose their job due to ill health compared to other parts of the UK. Uh, and even the, the, our best attempts to try and get people to eat healthy, so there is the NHS Eat Well guidelines which are out there, um, even those are, which are well-meaning, uh, the most deprived households, that would take up 75% of their household income to achieve that. And I think that's... Gosh. So those are all pretty stark and challenging uh, and COVID has only just created as opened up that and it made it much more obvious um, and has really now brought into sharp focus how we need to address this issue seriously. So what would you what can population health management would you say do to help that what, what do you see sort of in the next three years what would you like to see sort of develop well, I mean, a, a great starting point would be uh, we've got to really acknowledge those communities who have really stepped up during the pandemic. So those indiv- those volunteers who have gone out and done shopping for the elderly, they've tried to support those individuals who are socially isolated. Um, and that is really a, a great example of where we could be in three to five years. In other words, we have a lively, thriving community where that community is engaged in um, it's quite ironic isn't it that we're living in an age of social media where people from an electronic sense of point of view have never been more connected and yet I think social isolation has never been worse particularly for certain groups such as the elderly Um, so in terms of where 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 would I like the system to be I would like genuinely to have our health and social care uh, meeting on a regular basis with our um, communities 
and voluntary services. I would like a much larger cohort of social prescribers working in the community, embedded in our communities. Um, some of the other ideas we're considering is uh, um, developing health champions who are volunteers in their communities who are there to, with a little bit of training, are there to sort of help reinforce health messages, put an, put an arm around the shoulder of individuals who are a bit lonely, um, and if they're concerned or if there are issues identified, can then link back to our social prescribers and even back into our health services if something's not being done correctly. Because we have a lot of individuals who maybe are on the fringes mm -hmm. of healthcare and mm -hmm. are maybe feeling a bit forgotten. Just going back to, to that jog and busting again with the social prescribers and community champions. So I guess what they would be is, is a link looking out for say someone who was on that edge of needing you know the healthcare to step in but maybe they need you know maybe they're lonely maybe they need to you know be involved in a community group like-minded people and that would help them yeah absolutely i i don't think we're talking about rocket science here i think <laughs> we're talking about um facilitating and supporting the joining up of our communities again and that might that might sound a bit impossible that might sound impossible um but now that we've seen the impact of COVID mm -hmm. and the devastating impact has, has been largely due to a horrible virus, but also due to the health inequalities that mm -hmm. already exist in our, in our region and in our county, then I think we have to uh, take the fight back to, uh, to that, uh, so to speak. Yeah, we, we really just have to push hard in that direction or we need to push into new territory, maybe. Mm -hmm. It's, again, going back to that system transformation. It's working together as a system to transform that, to bring people together, to, yeah. you know, get the best health and well-being that we can for the county, despite, you know, all these challenges. Yeah. yeah. And, and as, a, as a medical doctor, I mean, I can do all I can from a, a, um, a medical point of view. However, there are individuals who struggle to take their medication for diabetes um, or they struggle mm -hmm. to exercise um, and there is a, undoubtedly a role for us working with our communities to support these individuals to help get mm -hmm. them motivated uh, maybe take control back of their own lives mm -hmm. uh, maybe they're stuck in a, in a because of other issues maybe they've got significant you know mental health problem issues which with some support uh, mm -hmm. and coaching they could actually uh, take control of their illnesses uh, and move in a, in a much more positive direction. Yeah. So would you say it's looking at the whole person, their entire life, their entire lifestyle, and not just maybe, you know, th that they have a bad chest, say. It's how have you got a bad chest? What do you do? How do you live your life? Where, you know, are you by a busy road? Are you living with a smoker? It's looking at that whole person rather than just their ailment. Yeah. It, it, ab it absolutely is that, um, but we know there is good evidence out there that actually we can support people in their lives and that helps them to uh, manage their own conditions better. It can also prevent medical problem, medical issues from occurring. Mm. Um, and we are now at this point where we've had this an integration journey in Northumberland that's really been going on for quite a few years between health and social care. But now we are really, really at that point where we can genuinely join together health and social care with public health 
and with our communities and our communities feel part of that and are involved in that and are actually initiating those ideas and, and projects. It isn't just uh, the responsibility of the local GP service or hospital service or social care. It's actually our communities having genuine ownership of what, how to address those issues. It's a full system approach. It's a whole system approach and it, you're absolutely right, it is about a whole person approach. Because you know we, it, you know we can't look at someone just from the point of view that they are a diabetic or they have a mental health problem. These are these are human beings, and and the the environment which we are all living in and we're all subject to will affect the way we cope. You know, and um, and some people cope better than others. So we we need to harness as much of that talent out there um, to really move this this whole debate and issue forwards. Northumberland in particular, so going back to that rural and urban, so y- you mentioned about social isolation, particularly for elderly people and maybe, you know, are more rural places like say Rothbury or Wooler. So they're gonna have very different healthcare needs from say a young family living in Cramlington or Blythe, much more urban. So how would you, you know, that whole system approach, that population health management, how would that benefit them in very different ways? Well, I think if you, you're right, Northumberland is a, is a large rural area. It's 2,000 square kilometres, I think, isn't it? So it's, it's, a, it's a huge area which has to be covered. However, many of the uh, factors that affect people in their lives are very similar, aren't they? So. You can still have you can have social isolation and loneliness in Rothbury, but equally you can have the same in an urban setting. You can have housing issues in a rural setting as well as in an urban setting. So many of the um, the signposting to those services using social prescribing, using social prescribers who are based in practices or based or shared between practices. You've already in every community we can have representation and that, that kind of support, uh, regardless of whether you're somebody who's old or you're a family um, with four children. Um, undoubtedly, there is a degree of complexity that may arise from a family because you are. we're talking about uh, education, we're talking about employment and financial pressures which mm-hmm. families may face. Giving children the best start in life is really important, so good breastfeeding rates, Im- you know, getting children immunised, mm-hmm. So I think the I think the challenges are just the same. I just think we need to put a, a mechanisms down that support, w- regardless of whether you're a family or whether you're living alone in a in a in a small house in the middle of nowhere. Um, those needs can be uh, addressed mm-hmm. uh, and genuinely dealt with. Uh, I mean, just going back to the housing issue with families. So again, poor housing, but you know we we, we know that. Houses that are situated beside busy roads, with all the, the issues, all the, the current big issue of yeah. pollution. Um, there are lots of initiatives around the country in terms of healthy green spaces. So, Rothbury's got lots of green spaces and doesn't have that issue, but um, certain areas in Ashington will don't, yeah. uh, and they may have issues around pollution, which, ha- which which need to be addressed. And that's really a political issue. That's why we have to work with local government and even national government to look at how legislation can support the work that we're doing as well as in every other part of the UK. 
So can anyone be involved in the population health management? I mean, can anyone be a social prescriber? You know, anyone listening who thinks, oh, I'd, I'd love to, you know, become a community champion myself, or how, how would they go about that? Well, the, the, um, the developed, those developments are in early stages at the moment, but the proposal that which we're exploring actively right now is the development of a population health academy in Northumberland. Uh, where not just professionals go to but actually uh, people from communities and volunteers can go to and we are looking at how we can develop training programs simple training programs for individuals to become volunteers and then actually those individuals who want to progress onwards into further training or even towards social prescribing that there will be opportunities available I think it's absolutely clear that we need no, no barriers and no walls to this. We need as many people as possible involved with the right safeguards, evidently, but actually with um, engaging with our communities with real life um, scenarios, real life cases, case studies, and then simple health messages. Uh, as I said, this isn't rocket science. I think this is about back to basics in the sense of simple health messages befriending people, addressing social isolation, and then if, if, if significant issues are identified, those volunteers know who to go to, yeah. to say, I'm worried about this individual, what, what should I do? And then it can be escalated, if, if appropriate, into the statutory organisations. Um, so I think, I, I mean, one way of this is actually publicity, so I think maybe through the, this um, website and through advertising and explaining to people what population health is about um, and then getting an academy up and running which we can publicize and we can invite people into people will start to understand what the vision is for this county and what the potential is for population health well I think the academy sounds very exciting uh, and it's absolutely not doctors and professionals telling people what telling volunteers what to do mm -hmm. I think it's this understanding we all have a we we all have equal respect and equal responsibility mm -hmm. in what needs to move forward and, and we need communities and we need the um those individuals who are street wise who are bright mm -hmm. and articulate who actually are, but are not trained in health and social care we absolutely need them around the table telling us what's really happening on the front line and then c and, and we and then we create solutions together and that's what an academy hopefully will do fantastic well, thank you very much for your time today, Robin. Thank you, Kimberly. Very nice to be here.